All right. Hey, welcome to Mount Airy Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in for our midweek Bible study. And uh, for those of you watching online as well as everyone here, I want to give you kind of the plans for the next three weeks uh, so that you will know and those watching at home will know where we're heading and what we're doing. And so if you look on this slide, on March 31st, next Wednesday night, uh, we'll have a prayer and share service because that will be part of our seven days of of prayer and revival, and as part of our seven days of praying and revival or, or fasting and prayer, uh, we will have this night of prayer and share. We will also have the Lord's Supper because that will be, of course, Holy Week leading up to Easter. So next Wednesday night, a time where we will pray together, we'll share together, and we will have the Lord's Supper together. <clears throat> then on April the seventh, which is spring break, we found out we got several. People are going to be gone because of spring break. We're not having services that Wednesday night. And then the following Wednesday night, April the 14th, <coughs> excuse me, we begin a new study. So tonight we're going to basically wrap up our, our study of the fruit of the Spirit. Now Tom has already asked me, said, I thought we've already wrapped up, peeled last time. And we did more or less wrap up this fruit of the Spirit. But Evelyn asked me to go back and cover two or three of those things again. That Tom needed to hear it again. <laughs> you know, those, that, that, one on, that one on gentleness and, and what was it? Uh, she gave me a list. Could you hit these one more time for Tom? Uh, so, so we're going to go back and, and look at some. <laughs> I'm just joking. I like to pick on them. So, so we're going to go back. We are going to go back to Galatians chapter 5. Not to study the fruit of the Spirit, but to study the, the, the Holy Spirit uh, as it relates to his work in our lives. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> We're going to be looking at uh, how we can live our lives by the promptings and by the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5. I want to read basically this passage. We've read parts of it for the last seven or eight weeks, but I, I want to read it in its entirety. And so we can put it in context, and then tonight spend some time talking about living by the Holy Spirit, or living by the Spirit. Uh, so, <clears throat> if you take your Bibles, beginning in verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Now, let me just stop there for a moment and, and call to your attention how he talks about live by the Spirit. If you live by the Spirit you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. We're going to talk about that, amplify that in, in a moment. Uh, but just underline, if you have that in your Bibles, or if, I mean, if you have a pen or highlighter handy, live by the Spirit. That, that's such an important phrase. Live by the Spirit. The Spirit of God has been given to us for our benefit. The Spirit of God has been given to us to help us live our lives. With the Spirit of God, the Bible says here, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The implication is, if you don't live by the Spirit of God, you will gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And so, the title of the study tonight is Living by the Spirit because I, this is where I want us to, to camp out for a little bit. That it is by the Spirit of God within us that our lives become different 
from our uh, sinful nature. And so, he goes on to say, let's look at the text. So I say, live by the Spirit, you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature, or the sinful desires, which is contrary to the Spirit, and Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature? They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under law. We'll talk about that verse in a moment too. But notice here, in verse 16, he talks about living by the Spirit. And here in verse 18, he talks about being led by by the Spirit. And then he goes back to the sinful nature. He says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, uh, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warn you as I did before. In other words, Paul is saying, this is not the first time we've gone over this. I warn you as I did before. We've already covered this material. But it's time for me to remind you again. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then, this is where we come into the study of the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit (coughs) is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now watch this, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. Paul is talking about those who truly have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. They belong, he said, to Christ Jesus. Has crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Then he says in verse 25, then he says... Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. We're going to focus on verse 25 a little bit tonight. Let's read it one more time. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's interesting how Paul describes how you and I can live our lives. So tonight what I want to do is spend some time looking at the two ways that the Holy Spirit can affect our lives. Two different ways that the Holy Spirit can affect our lives and basically the way that we can live by the Spirit of God or choose not to live by the Spirit of God. You See, the very fact that he says we live by the Spirit implies that sometimes perhaps we don't. And so here's what I want to do. We're going to go away from Galatians. That was just to set the stage. We may come back to that. Well, we will come back to that. But go over, if you will, to the right uh, and find the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Uh, I don't know. I'm afraid to do anything now. <laughs> Maybe that'll do it. I've been trying to not to act like something was wrong up here, but my screen was going crazy. And I was trying to do to figure out what, what is happening. Now, I think, I, I think we're okay. Um, for those who are running the PowerPoint, Amanda, just do the best you can. I think I'm back on track. But All right, so... 
What I want to look at are two of the ways that we can affect the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. That's what I was trying to say as I was trying to figure out what's happening with my computer. Two ways that we can affect the Holy Spirit in our lives. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Here's what it says. Very simple. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Uh, Look at this on the screen. Here's the first point. Do you have that? Oh, okay, just just hang on. I've got them all messed up up there, but that's my fault. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nineteen. Here's what it says: Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Talk to me for a moment. Talk to me for just a moment and tell me what what that means to you when the Bible says, "Do not put out the Spirit's fire." Have you ever thought about the Holy Spirit being? displayed or pictured in the Word of God as a fire? Why do you think it's, it's pictured as a fire, that the Holy Spirit of God is pictured as a fire? Fire what? Purification. What was another one? Okay. All right. The Holy Spirit came as, as fingers of fire at Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verse 3. It sure did. Anything else? Huh? Living, okay? When you have the Holy Spirit depicted as fire in Scripture, it speaks of warmth, have you ever sensed the Spirit of God within you? And it just, it's hard to describe unless you've experienced it. I'm not talking about, you know, oh, you've got to have all these feelings. But, but there is something where you sense the Spirit of God within you sometimes, right? The warmth. Have you ever noticed how fire consumes? When fire is burning. Now, of course, there was one example where it didn't in the book of Exodus. Where, of course, where. Uh, he saw the bush that was burning, but it wasn't consumed. But other than that, uh, fire has always, as I've seen, it always consumes what it's burning. And did you, do you see that the Holy Spirit is referred to as, the, as a fire? Not only the warmth and, and, and the consuming aspect of fire, but also the other part of the fire is its power. You remember in the book of James where it talks about, in a negative sense, it talks about the, the tongue is can start like a fire and the damage that it does is tremendous. It's talking about the power there that fire has. And fire is just depicted in the same way here. Now, now, he says in this text, do not put out the Spirit's fire. It's interesting to me that the purity, the power, the warmth of the fire is displayed. Uh, but there's something that you need to tie into this verse. And I'll show you. If you go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Over to the right. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. <clears throat> Paul says to a young preacher boy, if we, if we might call him that, named Timothy. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. <clears throat> For this reason, I remind you, to fan into flame the gift of God which is 
in you through the laying on of my hands. Fan into flame, fan the fire, if you will, the gift of God. Sometimes our devotion to God can weaken. Sometimes our devotion to God needs to become more than it is now. It can become dormant. And he says, Timothy, I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you, I'm instructing you as your mentor, fan the flame of God in your life. Now with that in mind, I want to go back and look at 1 Thessalonians 5.19 because Paul, what in the King James Version, what is the word that's used here? One that you're probably very familiar with, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. What's the King James Version? I'll read it again. Uh, do not put out the Spirit's fire. What's the King James Version say? Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Absolutely. The word quench is an interesting word. Uh, the Greek word there means to, to dampen or to hinder or to repress. In other words, you're preventing the Holy Spirit from exerting His full influence on your life. Paul says you don't want to get that way. Quench not the Spirit of God. Can I put it to you very simply? When you quench the Spirit, using the King James language, when you quench the Spirit, you're saying no to God. Does that make sense? I mean, that's very simple, but it's very true, isn't it? When you're quenching the Spirit of God, you're saying no to the Spirit of God. And the reason that that's so important is because you can also grieve the Spirit of God. Look in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Here's what it says. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What does that word grieve indicate to you? I'm just going to turn this off because I've gotten off track down here. What does the word grieve say to you? Sadness. Okay. What else? Huh? Okay. Do you understand that when it says do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, that's indicating that the Holy Spirit is not an it, but the Holy Spirit is a person? Let that sink in for a moment. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Can the Holy Spirit of God actually be grieved by the way we live our lives? Yes. You see, the Holy Spirit is sometimes grieved by our attitudes as well as by our actions. This is going to get very practical and maybe very personal. The Greek word for grieve is the, Greek, is the word lupeo, and it means to afflict with sorrow or to offend. To afflict with sorrow. Do not afflict the Holy Spirit with sorrow. 
Do not offend the Holy Spirit. In everyday language, to grieve someone would be to break his heart. The word implies that the third member of the Trinity is able to feel the emotional pain of our betrayal. Now, if you look at the text again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Here's what it says. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, if you look at that whole verse, would you answer this question for me? Who is the person that can grieve the Spirit of God according to this verse? Exactly. Look at this. Let's talk about this. And do not grieve the Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The person who has been redeemed. The person who has come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. The person, watch this, in whom the Holy Spirit of God now lives. Our actions and our attitudes can grieve that Holy Spirit that lives in us. Which should cause us to ask the question, what behaviors or attitudes does does this verse say we need to to deal with? Well, look at the text. Look at the text. Verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So it, it, it seems like unwholesome talk that comes out of our mouths would be one of the things that would grieve the Spirit of God. Unwholesome talk to your spouse. Unwholesome talk to your co-worker. Unwholesome talk to a, a fellow church member. I mean, the list could go on and on. Now, now think about this for a moment. Could it really be saying that the Spirit of God is interested in what comes out of my mouth? Why would that be true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. So so the idea here is that there are things that come out of our mouths that can grieve the Spirit of God within us. And then, that was the verse before verse 30. Look at the verse after verse 30. Verse 30, remember, says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And then the verse after verse 30, verse 31 says, Get rid of some things. Here's some things you need to get rid of. Get rid of all bitterness. Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. If you see yourself in verse 31 at all, in any of those words, you may need to spend some time tonight dealing with something so that you're no longer grieving the Spirit of God who lives in you. There's some things that we have to get rid of. 
So, let me take you to a scripture and show you how to do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Second Corinthians chapter seven. Look at verse um, ten. Here's what the word of God says: Godly sorrow brings what? Church repentance. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. The Bible says there's a difference between the kind of sorrow that we experience as Christians and those who are not experiencing the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Those who are experiencing the conviction of the Holy Spirit, they experience the Holy Spirit bring. Remember we talked about the Spirit being like a fire? Those who experience the conviction of the Holy Spirit feel the heat. That you need to deal with this in your life. They feel the heat that you need to change this in your heart. They feel the heat that this needs to be, you need to let go of this. This needs to change. You need to get rid of this. They feel the heat of God's conviction. By the Holy Spirit. And that brings what the Bible calls godly sorrow that leads to repentance. Worldly sorrow, on the other hand, doesn't lead to repentance. Worldly sorrow simply leads to sorrow. Worldly sorrow is just, I regret it. I'm sorry. There's no real repentance, there's no real change of behavior. It's just more of I'm sorry than anything else. So now, would you, with that in mind, would you go back to Galatians with me? Galatians again, chapter 5. Let's go back over this text before we leave. Galatians 5 verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Live by the Spirit. Well, what does that mean to live by the Spirit? I'm glad that he gives us this other verse in verse 25. If you'll look down at verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, there's that phrase again. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I think that is the verse that helps us understand it better. Since we live by the Spirit, he says, verse 16, live by the Spirit. Verse 25, he says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we're going to get very personal and very practical here for a moment. Uh, Keeping in step with the Spirit means, basically, 
that each day I'm trying to stay in step with what the Spirit desires. And I'm trying to allow the Holy Spirit to work in me and to work through me every day. I'm trying to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let me illustrate it to you this way. Do we have anybody here that you were in the armed forces and you had to march, you know, in, in one of those with the platoon and all that? Do you ever have to keep in step with everybody? Left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah, yeah. And so you had, you had to concentrate, did you not? Left, right. I mean, eventually I'm sure it became part of you, but, but you were really trying to keep in step with everybody else. Now watch this, watch this, everybody listen. Yes, sir. You follow the cadence of the drill instructor step by step. All right, now watch this, listen to this. In order to keep in step with the rest of the platoon, number one, you have to focus. Number two, you have to listen. And number three, you have to make sure, and this is so important, you have to make sure that you're taking the right step at the right time. Right? Focus and listen and taking the right step at the right time. And Paul says, if we're going to live by the Spirit, here's how we do it. We've got to keep in step with the Spirit. And there needs to be some time every day where you and I are trying to listen to what the Spirit of God says. Trying to hear His voice. And of course I hear His voice when I open His Word. So I'm trying to listen every day. I'm trying to follow His voice every day or obey His voice every day. And trying to keep in step with what He wants to do in my life. Now here's the hard truth. If I don't do that, listen... If I don't do that on a daily basis, what do I tend to fall back towards? If I'm not keeping in step with the Spirit, who am I keeping in step with? Our own desires, our own natural desires. I have to intentionally walk in the Spirit every day. Or I'll be walking according to my own natural desires. Does that make sense? I mean, this, this is not something where it's like, okay, well, uh, I, I'm going to give it a half-hearted effort. That's not going to work. You'll be falling in step with following the desires of your natural flesh. It's only when you're listening every day and you're focused every day to what the Spirit wants to do in your life and through your life and, and you're trying to stay in step every day with the Holy Spirit of God. If you're not trying to stay in step, intentionally trying to stay in step every day with the Holy Spirit of God, then you won't be living in relationship with God. You'll be following the natural desires. Now, how does this all apply to the fruit of the Spirit? Do you remember what the fruit of the Spirit is? It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit living in me and living through me. Uh, I once read an article by Charles Stanley, and it, and it was just a little paragraph, kind of a column, but it basically was saying, there's a difference between hanging ornaments on the tree 
and having fruit from a tree. He said, we hang ornaments on, on a Christmas tree. You know, and it looks nice and everything, but there, it's, we all know it's not real. It's, we're just hanging ornaments on a tree. He says, but fruit, fruit is produced by the tree. You come on Sunday mornings, it's not just to hang another ornament on the tree and try to look good. Fruit of the Spirit is produced as every day we try to stay in step with what the Spirit of God wants to do in our life and with what the Spirit of God wants to do in our world. Stay in step with Him so that it's more than just ornaments on a tree. But it's actually the fruit of the Holy Spirit living in us and living through us. Don't forget Galatians 5.16. Live by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I was basically saying, we all have that choice. We all have that choice. We all, if you know Christ as Savior, you have the opportunity to live life differently. You have the opportunity to live life by the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Can I say it to you this way? I would much rather live by the fire of the Holy Spirit within me than the fire of my own natural desires. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. And thank you, God, most of all, that you've given us the Holy Spirit to come alongside us direct our lives, to empower us, to help us. And I pray that you'd help us all really to focus on living in step with the Holy Spirit of God. Living by the Holy Spirit of God rather than trying to live on our own. So may our actions and our attitudes Show that we really are trying to stay in step with the Holy Spirit of God. I pray that in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for tuning in.